Now in its sixth year, the CR50 has emerged as Australia's premier awards program for senior technology and digital executives. It celebrates the achievements of leaders across public and private sectors, highlighting the innovations that these leaders and their teams have created and deployed to transform the way their organisations operate. Hello, I'm Byron Conley, the Editor-in-Chief at CO Australia, and joining me on this special episode of the CO Show today are Dr. Steve Hodgkinson, who is the Chief Information Officer at the Victorian Department of Health, and Steve placed number two in this year's CO50 Awards, as well as Helen Clifton, who's the Chief Digital and Information Officer at the ABC, who placed number three this year. Welcome, Steve and Helen. Hi, good morning, Byron. Thanks, Brad. Good morning. Hope you're both well. Steve, I'm going to start with you. You're a CO50 stalwart. Um, you're part, you've been part of the list for five years now. Um, you're clearly a champion of, of agile methodologies across the Australian public sector. Um, and you're doing some great work down there in Victoria. Uh, and this year, you scored your best ever result in the 50 uh, over the five years. Can you start by talking a little bit about what you've learned as a CIO each year and, and what you think made the difference this year for you and your team? Look, I think it's continuous uh, improvement over a long period of time with a stable and loyal team. Um, yeah. So what we, we've been um, trying to push hard on you know, what we call platform plus agile, cloud services and agile methods um, uh, as a way of um, accelerating application development. And that's delivered very, very good results. But this year, particularly during the pandemic response, um, this, this whole method enabled us to stand up a large number of applications in very, very compressed timeframes, large scale secure data. So it's a culmination, I think, of, of um, a kind of continuous program of improvement and performance over a long period of time. Yeah, for sure. Now, before the pandemic um, struck and hit our shores in early 2020, could you have imagined, I guess, that digital technologies um, would be so central to the delivery of healthcare across Victoria? I mean, how, how has this been? This period been different to, I, I guess, the more normal, more stable periods of your career? Yeah, just everything faster on steroids. Um, and particularly, you know, to a large degree, money being no object has been a significant difference, <laughs> particularly yeah, sure. concept. So never let a good crisis go to waste. It's the, the combination of, um, of necessity meeting preparation. Um, and it, it really has shown that things can be done um, digitally very quickly at scale. Um, and it works. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, over the past 12 months, you and your team have delivered more than 100 new technology projects and initiatives. You've got a total investment there of 140 million over, you know, over the over a 12 month period, which is a lot, which is a record for any Victorian government department. Can you talk about the extent to which uh, agile systems and processes you put in place have enabled Victoria Health to, to operate and deliver um, during the Victoria's time of need, I guess? Yeah, it's been fundamental. So the, the core kind of concepts that we've tried to put in place is the idea that um, in-house teams can use established and proven platforms and ways of doing things to deliver applications quickly without needing to go through the usual processes of business cases and procurement, which can take six or nine months even to get to the start of a project. So it's all about the idea of digital fitness and having standing capabilities in-house so that when an application comes along being urgently required, it's possible to get a project moving within day, even hours and days and weeks, and have mm. something delivered in hours and days and weeks. So 
um, because substantially all of the elements required to do it are already in existence and already within the organization and have worked together before, have proven methods, know what they're doing, have automated DevOps processes, integrated security concepts, so that we do things to a very high cadence. Um, mm. And that, that has actually proven to be a very effective way of doing things. But it's mm. quite a change from the traditional mindsets of outsourced project delivery, procurement-driven things, standing up infrastructure and all of that. Mm, for sure. Now, this platform, agile, an agile approach that you, you know, you've, you've helped develop and you've just spoken about, has been copied, you know, and adopted by other state government departments and local government councils and health services. You know, what are some of the results being reported by the, these organisations? I mean, are they seeing a lot of benefits already from from adopting this approach, and and how are they applying those? Yeah, we're seeing. We've had a lot of conversations with different um, organisations over the last few years. Melbourne City Council um, are moving in this direction. The Austin Hospital, Austin Health, yep. um, have also been big proponents of this. And some of the applications that are now used across the Victorian health sector have been developed by Austin Health using this approach and have been, been rolled out and deployed quite widely. So we are seeing um, a growing realisation that, um, you know, this kind of combination of cloud services and agile methods in-house teams and yeah. valuing the idea of digital fitness is actually something that's um, that's starting to get traction in the public sector. Yeah, and it's a big change, isn't it, from that traditional old-school waterfall approach. It's, it's a really, really big different uh, difference Indeed. to the Victorian government departments. Helen Clifton, the media sector has clearly undergone rapid change in recent years. It's hardly noticeable from what it was 10 years ago. You know, the effects of digital disruption You've been widespread and brutal, and and the ABC itself deals with extra pressure due to due to government scrutiny. Can you talk about the ABC's digital journey a little bit, and and, and how important the digital tools are now in engaging your audience, particularly around delivering key community services? Um, yeah, that's a, a massive question, actually, um, yeah. Brian. But I suppose I'll just pick up on some of that agile methodology and the way of doing things. And we began our journey uh, four years ago, and certainly. Um, COVID, through COVID, we were able to kind of maintain that. But it's been a journey we've been on to, um, you know, deliver agile at scale with a kind of laser-like focus on our audience. Uh, mm. The disruption, you know, has been coming really since the iPhone came out in 2008. We were stuck really with a, a technology architecture that didn't enable us to respond at speed to changing audience behaviours. So it's really mm. important for us to make that shift, um, to focus on great design, um, led by audience testing and research and actually enable through a technology evolution really to be able to be really you know that continual deployment build measure and learn uh, process so that we can um, innovate experiment and you know move ourselves into the position that we're in today that is yep. um that is really focused on trialing experimentation and making sure our whole suite of products have a really strong adoption in the market. And we're really kind of proud of that 60% increase in digital, weekly digital use um, of our products since 2019. Yeah. And that's where we hit the major shift. And um, before then, it would take us, you know, six months to release anything. Um, and so, um, yeah, the cross-discipline teams, a focus on 
audiences and, and what they want and need has, has really driven this kind of amazing change in terms of our digital capability. And we're really proud of um, where we've got to. Mm. Now, we're all familiar with, most people are familiar with the iView app, very popular. It's fair to say that it's it's really one of the jewels in the ABC's crown now, isn't it? Can you talk about some of the, you know, some of the drivers behind that app and, and, and how many people are sort of working on making sure that uh, that's maintained and, and delivers what people want? Yeah, um, and again, it's about this continual evolution, continual learning. And so, um, you know, when we think about um, our products, we don't think about them in isolation. So absolutely, iView is our jewel in our crown. And we have um, three teams kind of working across that product to make sure that it's not just about maintain, it's about evolving it um, and getting it to focus on new things. For example, at the moment, you know, having um, worked through things like um, profiles, adaptive streaming, personalization and recommendations, it, we're now um, uplifting a kind of whole news experience on iView. So if you want short form news, if you want to run uh, a kind of on demand choice of what news we might have available, you know, we're experimenting with that as the, as the next new thing for iView. I think the key thing for us is we don't think of ourselves as being in competition to um, the Netflix or the Spotify's of this world. We think about the ecosystem of products that the ABC offers and how we can um, connect with your journey from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to bed. Whether you want mm. to kind of watch, um, you know, watch video content, um, listen to audio, whether it's on demand or streamed or personalized, um, and whether you want to catch up on the news in bites or through blogs or whatever mm. way you kind of want to interact. And so we're constantly testing and learning to see how we can approve that suite of products and then how we manage the journey um, across all of them. And that's really our unique proposition. Um, mm. being, uh, you know, incredibly um, focused on what our Australian population want and making sure we can deliver that across a whole suite of products. Now, in, in terms of bringing your board along on this journey, I mean, do they see digital as a, street, a key strategic asset for ABC going forward? Was it hard to get them over the line or not? The, um, the board are absolutely um, committed to that digital future. I think with any board, um, we have, you know, two problems to solve. We certainly have to maintain broadcast in terms of radio and television and how we continue to maintain that. Uh, whilst we, you know, pivot our focus on a digital outcome to become, you know, a leading digital content provider uh, in Australia. So um, they are very keen. I mean, I go to the board regularly. I present on digital strategy and talk about um, that future. Everybody can see in the numbers the declines that are happening across broadcast. And we also know that the whole COVID experience has absolutely accelerated that change. And sure. therefore, we need to um, react and respond more quickly. The challenge mm. is always with limited resources and limited funding. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't have 140 million um, like Steve. But um, yeah, you know, with those limited resources and limited funding, how can you actually deliver to both sets of audiences? And as you mm. know, if the ABC makes um, any changes, you know, there's always a lot of um, kind of backlash around that. So it's a difficult juggling act for the board, but their commitment to digital is absolute. And um, we are really focused on growing that audience. As I said on the podcast, you know, we have 18 million people per week, um, active users on our products. And, mm. um, you know, that's an incredible result, but our it is. aspiration is much bigger. 
Yeah, for sure. And there's so much competition now, isn't there, with Netflix and Stan and all of those yeah. platforms, and they're delivering some great content. So, you know, yes. you're doing a, a wonderful job there with very limited financial resources. There's no doubt about that. We enable any organisation to use any technology. We help all companies become technology companies, protecting the identity of both workforces and customers. Connecting the right people to the right technology at the right time. Okta, one trusted platform to secure every identity in your organization. One of the things that I've spoken to senior technology and digital leaders about, I guess, in the past 18 months to two years has been, I guess, the elevation of the role since COVID or these particular roles since COVID has hit. I mean, a lot of them argue now that their roles are more important than they ever be, they ever have been, whether they're traditional CIOs or CDOs or chief innovation officers or, you know, the various new roles that are coming out now. I think this is true, particularly as these more flexible hybrid work environments come into place and are definitely here to stay. Steve, I'll start with you. What do you, how do you see the, the CIO, CDO type roles evolving over the coming years? Do you think they're just going to be more crucial to to organisations across the, the public and private sector as we run with these more flexible, I guess, uh, hybrid work models that really rely on technology, collaboration. Yeah, technology. without question. So the, the ability to um, execute on digital innovation is now just kind of fundamental to any organisation. Um, mm. So that's I don't, I don't think there's any question about that anymore, to, you know, to the degree there ever has been. How that elevates executives up within the, you know, within the hierarchy of the organisation is kind of organisationally specific, I think. Um, mm. In my department, for example, I'm in corporate services and I report to a corporate services debt set, you know, I don't, mm. I, don't, um, I don't sit on the executive board. The complexity and scale of the organisation just means that, you know, otherwise the exec board would have 50 people in it, you know, it's just, so that's an issue. Um, and it's a kind of sense of frustration, I guess, in some organisations that CIO, CDO person wishes they were higher up the hierarchy. Mm. Um, but there's a, that's really not the point, I don't think. The, the main point is the capacity to execute. And that's the thing to focus on, I think. More and more so, every executive to a large degree has to have an understanding of how to apply and use and invest in digital technology. So that side of the kind of strategic insight and the commitment to action has to be part of every executive's responsibility. I think mm. the person who's in charge of the digital organization, the digital capabilities of the organization has to be laser focused on the capacity to execute mm. because that creates the self-fulfilling demand. If you can execute and if your executive colleagues trust you to be able to execute, they will invest without question because they have no choice. Mm. Um, and there's not too many executives these days that it would, it would be in the kind of digital Luddite camp that used to exist where mm. they would kind of proudly say that they don't use a computer or whatever. Like that's kind of a thing of the past, you know. Mm. And so the thing that the CIO, Chief Digital Officer, in my view, has to be able to do is to work with your colleagues and execute without question, without fail, every time. Mm. do it more cost effectively and more quickly um, and mm. if, if that's possible if you can create that then one thing leads to another and digital innovation flourishes and accelerates in the organization because it's it kind mm. of finds paths of least resistance you know mm. 
Helen, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you agree with Steve on this in terms of you know you have to show you can execute, uh, and it's it, it's clearly got a digital's got to clearly permeate throughout the whole organisation, right? Yeah, digital does have to permeate through the whole organisation, and I think in you know absolutely in media there is no doubt that everybody understands the importance. Everybody's committed to kind of growing their digital audiences, their engagement from the content director's point of view, for example, because everybody understands it's that coming together of a product or a service, the content that's on there, and through that combination, ensuring Mm. that it's prominence um, in the ecosystem that we exist in, it is kind of understood. It's the coming together, really, of those things that will enable us to be successful in the future. So, Mm. um, yeah, I agree with Steve. I mean, the um, difference for us is that this role, the CDIO role, is on the um, executive team at the ABC. And as I said, we know I do have the opportunity to talk to the board on a, a regular basis about digital strategy and a digital future. Mm. And, and they are committed to that. It's always, as, as Steve quite rightly points out, when he talks about the capacity to execute, I think you know it's about funding and resource allocation. At the mm. same time, um, you're trying to support what I call these two business models of broadcast and digital and how you juggle um, that constraint. But there's no doubt we have to move funding and resources to a more digital outcome to ensure that we can deliver on our charter and our promise of what digital public service media can be. Yeah. All right, just one last question for you both, Steve and Helen. We've got a skills issue here. We don't have the right number of people for the you know the work that needs to be done around you know digital technology around cybersecurity things like cybersecurity in particular what do we do going forward in you know in the next few years to to get the people and to encourage people to enter the tech industry do you do you both have a view on that because you know there's going to be so many jobs created and, and as it stands at the moment we don't have the people to fill them what are your yeah. thoughts steve what are your thoughts on this look I it's a it's a big challenge um that's true we have to provide ways to put our demand on the table to stimulate industry response and education response and create opportunities. So that's, I think, that our main responsibility is to be creating opportunities for people to fill. Um, and that's about increasing demand, increasing digital innovation, overall acceleration. But at the moment, that's happening in spades, and, and it's a way ahead of the capacity of um industry to serve. So, you know, we're increasingly looking to ways of developing in-house staff and building in-house teams because we can't always get from the market the skills that we require. It's going to be a big challenge, I think, going forward. Um, and Australia's always kind of struggled with this a little bit. So it's that's um, attenuated by the cutback of immigration and the acceleration right. of over the last little while. So it's something we're really going to have to focus on is creating the pipeline of people coming through to mm. service um, a growing demand over the next five, 10 years. For sure. Helen, do you want to have a last word on that? What are your thoughts on, on the skills gap? Um, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Well, I think the skills gap is one thing, but you're in that competitive market against people who are potentially paying more money and can offer different kind of opportunities. I think one of the great assets of the ABC is, is that we are this kind of iconic brand and in the connection that we have with people means we do have um, a draw on talent, but there's fundamental shifts um, we need to make 
to make ourselves a really attractive um, employer of choice. And so we're looking at things like extreme flexibility um, in terms of where people work for. You know, the great thing about the younger generations that are coming into these kind of roles is they don't want to be, you know, they're not necessarily tied to um, the same trappings as um, maybe the older generations. You know, flexibility, um, a creative work environment, autonomous teams where they're empowered to make decisions, uh, where they feel they are in a purpose-led organisation like the ABC are really powerful draw cards. And I think that, you know, it's the way that we can leverage some of those capabilities that we have um, and actually be clear that that's our proposition to employees that will enable us to kind of, you know, attract more people into the ABC with the right skill sets. I absolutely support um, Helen's comments about purpose and providing. Mm. So there are two things I think that make uh, compelling opportunities. One is there's a good purpose behind it. And the other is that the organisation is successful, like they're demonstrably successful. People want to work on successful projects that are going Mm. places that deliver things quickly so that they can enhance their own skills and and kind of digital mojo. So Mm. The most important thing I think is that you know, you've got to be able to provide opportunities for people to get stuff done and to be seen to get stuff done. And that's actually why to loop back to these awards, that's why I think these awards are important because mm. it celebrates, it showcases people's um, innovation and success. And, and that's really important for stimulating demand and, and building digital mojo in the whole in the whole economy, mm. but it, it, it showcases good places to work. Mm. Absolutely. And there's, there's there were some great stories this year, as there have been in past years as well, and as there will be in future years, I'm sure, uh, around innovative technology. So thanks, Steve Hodgkinson and, and Helen Clifton. Thank you very much for joining me today on the CO Show. Congratulations again on being number two and number three in the CO 50 this year. I hope you both have a, a wonderful Christmas and a new year and you get some time to I guess, get away from all the madness and and relax, I guess, for at least a couple of weeks uh, until we get into it next year. Who knows what's going to happen next year? It's it's all up in the air, isn't it? But hopefully we have uh, better economic conditions than than we did this year and and we can get back to our normal lives again. So thank you again, guys. It's been great to talk to you and uh, we'll speak to you again in the new year. Very good. Thanks, Thanks, Byron. And that's our final episode of the CO Show for 2021. We hope you've enjoyed the show this year. And on behalf of myself and CEO Australia's Associate Editor, David Binning, we wish you a great holiday season and we will be sure to see you again in 2022. Bye for now.